Hey everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than Laura Laidman. That's spooky. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the spooks. <gasps> spooks! Spooky season. I only say that because you said that. So. Yeah, and it's also spooky season. Yeah, but... Anyway. It's not our first movie of spooky season. No, but... Our first is... movie of spooky season was Casper. Which was a delight. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, how you doing, hon? Good. Spooky. You're spooky. You're having a good time. I had an autis- autismal. Auti- what? Autumnal. Uh, what? Autumny. Okay. You had a good beer. autumn. Good autumn beer. It was pecan pie because I'm allergic to pumpkin spice. Right. It was delightful. It didn't taste very pumpkin pie y or pumpkin pie, pecan pie y, but it was a nice porter. Mm hmm. He's it was a, somehow a, 25 degrees outside in October, which is like, okay. But you, you you got your first round, your first round of Halloween decorations up. Yeah. Because I'm sure there will be more. Yeah, I gotta go shopping. So anywho, mm-hmm. what's shaking? Not too much. Not too much. A lot going on. Yeah. Got my, my, my spooky stuff out. Got some, some gravestones out. I got some, like my scarecrow out. Uh, yeah, so it's a good time. Good to well, hear. I like it. to get spooky. Good to hear. Well, I know, as you can tell from the movie that we chose for this week's episode, this week we'll be looking at Halloween, which originally hit theaters back in 1978. Halloween night. A small American town. 15 years ago. <laughs> I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. It's totally charted. Just talk. <laughs> sure, sure. The only reason she babysits to have a Halloween. It premiered in October oh, of wow. 1978. What a good time for a Halloween movie to premiere. Right? To be fair, they should all premiere in September. So that the people have time. run of October yeah. box office. But anyway, <laughs> on October 4th, funeral services were held for Pope John Paul I, which follows up October 16th, Polish Cardinal Carol Walt. Leah, is elected as jo- Pope John Paul II. I see. <laughs> and jo- 
Pope John Paul II is inaugurated on October 22nd. Oh, there you go. On October the 12th, this is one that I was like, wow. Sid Vicious was charged with the murder of girlfriend Nancy Spungen. Oh, I didn't. How did I not know that? Wait, you didn't know that Sid killed Nancy? No. Really? Yes. And then he like killed himself. No, I didn't know that at all. Cool. Okay. (laughs) I worked in radio for years. You didn't know Sid killed Nancy? No. Yeah, they were like blackout, like, I don't want to say drunk because I'm pretty sure it was heroin. So Uh, you're not really drunk. Blackout high. He like stabbed her a bunch of times or something. Wow. Is that in the movie? Yes. I haven't seen that either. Maybe we should watch it. I haven't seen it either, but like I know about the case. Who's in the movie? Gary Oldman. Oh, I haven't seen it. (laughs) He plays Sid Vicious. I know, but I haven't seen it. You just asked who was in it. I know, but you said who... The th- uh, that's why I said the way you said Gary Oldman, it was almost like, shouldn't you know? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't seen it. On October 14th, the TV movie Rescue from Gilligan's Island premieres. Oh, which wow. Is when they actually get off the island. How many years after the show ended did they? You know, I'm not sure, but I do know one of the original plots they were going to go with it was <laughs> Gilligan and the Skipper. Yep. Gilligan's not the Skipper, right? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure the skipper is a different person. Anyway. Because it's Gilligan, the skipper, too. So it's. Well, anyway. I like, would say that would be a second person. Because I've never watched Gilligan's Island, but like other people show up on the island. And yeah, then, don't like cameo people show up? Yeah, like Milton Burl shows up one time. Yeah, like, and then they leave and they're still on the island. So when they finally get off the island, they're like hunting down the people, not hunting them down, but like going to the people who like visited on the island and left and being like, why the hell didn't you tell anybody we were there? Mm, that'd be, I would watch that. You're right. Yeah. Uh, and then October 28th, Bobby Orr scores his last career NHL goal versus the Detroit, Detroit, Detroit Red Wings. Wow. So You know what? I gotta say pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. A lot going on. A lot going on. Yeah. And then we have our box office. Not a lot going on. No. So here's the thing. Okay. When I say this movie premiered in October 1978, October 25th, 1978. Oh, like the day, like days before Halloween. It premiered in one city. Oh, yeah. Okay. It premiered in Kansas City. Wow. And then spread from there, got distribution rights, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the thing. One thing that I think a lot of people, myself included, didn't know until doing this podcast is a lot of these movies back in the day, they get made and they'd premiere in like Kansas City and then they'd premiere in like St. Louis and then they'd premiere in another city and they'd like kind of here, there and everywhere. And Mm -hmm. they weren't really cohesive premieres all on the same weekend across the country. Right. Not like it is today. Exactly. It's not like you'll get some indie films where this happened. And this is an indie film. So this is one of the biggest indie films of all time. Mm -hmm. That's one thing you have to keep in mind too. It's one of the most successful indie films of all time. But with that, like even then, like they tend to premiere, except this didn't like premiere at a film festival. Cause that's different. Like when a movie, it's like, Oh, it was at the Toronto is was TIFF mm-hmm. and at the Venice film festival and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, this is different. 
So this movie technically does not qualify for either our awards or box office. It, it qualifies. Uh, you're, we're playing the Austin Powers rule again. We're playing the Austin Powers rule because the second movie did top the box office. So like, Started a franchise. Yeah, cetera, huge franchise. It's still going it's today. It's still going today. There's The new movie is out this month. Yeah, I, I think it will be out by the time this airs. Ooh, but I can't wait to see it too. I'm so excited. I don't have I it off the top of my head watching trailers because i've heard they're very spoilery and i i can't wait to watch this movie I don't and know i'm if like you know this one. i just michael myers might kill people <sighs> spoilers mm. so anyway i just uh, when am i gonna get to see this movie i have to see this movie i'm so excited to see this movie and like i feel bad being like we have to go see this movie and like i honestly part of me is like look if we can't make it work that like you and i go see it and get a babysitter or something i'm just gonna watch it by myself on a day off I think there's also um, this one might be having a home premiere too. If that's true, then we'll just watch a home premiere. I know there's. I don't the, need to see this in the theater. I would actually rather probably see it at home because I don't have to deal with other crap holes in the theater. Other crap holes. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, fair listener. She's talking about you crap holes. <laughs> so anyway, yes. If this is having a home premiere. Even if it's like I, I a know. week later, I will watch. I, I it's I, on Peacock, and but I don't know what we don't get Peacock in Canada, so I don't know if it's I just gonna I be really want to watch this movie. I just I love this franchise. I love slasher movies. It's like my favorite genre of all genres. Mm-hmm. is slashers. Anyway, so anyway, this is one of our films. This does not fit our box office requirement, as it was a small indie film that was released bit by bit across the country. Overall, it did end up earning $70 million in the box office, making it one of the most successful indie films of all time and having so many sequels that hit number one, we've deemed it culturally important and therefore fits our qualifications. How many sequels has it had at this point? So are we counting they're not all n- sequels? Yeah, because they're not all numbered, right? Okay. Halloween. Halloween 2. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Halloween 4. Halloween 5. Halloween 6. The Curse of Michael Myers. With Paul Rudd. Yes. H2O, which is like my second favorite of the series. Mm-hmm. Then Resurrection, which is like the lowest point of the series. And then we've got Rob Zombie's Halloween 1, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And then we've got Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Dies. It, isn't there... Did you stop counting? <laughs> that's, uh, that's it. Okay. Isn't like... Not like an extra movie, but like, isn't it like three reboots? Okay. Because because one H2O or Resurrection is a reboot, right? No, no. So, okay. So there's a lot to this. So Halloween and Halloween 2. Yes. Are the Laurie Strode movies to start with. Mm-hmm. Halloween 3 takes is- up. Yeah, it's it's when they wanted to do an anthology, they so decide, it has nothing yeah. to do with Michael Myers. Nothing. So then Halloween 4 starts with. Lori's daughter Jamie and Lori's like dead she died in a car accident and then four and five are about Jamie as a little girl six is a Jamie dies at the very start and her baby that's the like the Blackthorn movies right so if you do you could do one two four five six or you could do one two H2O resurrection right or you could do Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Or you could do Halloween 1978, Halloween 2018, 
Halloween kills, Halloween dies. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, I freaking love these movies, though. They're so good. It's ridiculous that it's the franchise has had that many stops and starts. And you know what is great? Jamie Lee Curtis is just like, she just keeps coming back. She's like, look, this movie launched my career. If it wasn't for these movies, I wouldn't be here. I'm happy to come back. She even did Resurrection. That movie's garbage. <laughs> Isn't that the one they kill her in? Yeah. Yeah. That Spoilers for the like first five minutes of that movie. I can't decide which one is worse resurrection or rob zombies halloween 2 those are your those are your picks for the those worst are in the bottom series. bottom just isn't halloween 2 rob zombies halloween 2 the one where he's like not even wearing a mask for most of the movie yeah it's like i've seen it once i think we own it we do own it i don't know why if you hate it so much just because i want to own I things see. i don't know who else i is like that of wanting to own things are you are you making fun of me because I prefer to own physical copies versus digital even copies? Collecting of things, even if they're like it's part of a collection. I love slasher movies, even when they're bad. I okay. love them, not except me. for those movies; they're not great. <laughs> anyway, so top movies of the year. Yes, <laughs> Grease with one hundred fifty nine point nine million, Superman with one hundred thirty four point two, and Animal House with one hundred twenty million. Our little indie flick Halloween comes in tenth overall, with seventy million. Mm-hmm. Again, please take these numbers with a grain of salt because it is hard to keep accurate records on pre-computerized sales right. and stuff. Like these are guesses. I don't know how they've come up with these numbers, honestly. Mm-hmm. So it's not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Should we talk about our memories of Halloween? Yeah, well, this is your your pick, ladies first. So the first movie I saw in the series was Curse of Michael Myers mm-hmm. with Paul Rudd. But long you didn't before. know Paul Rudd at the time. Long before Paul Rudd was. Was Paul Rudd. And you know what kill sticks with me, stuck with me from watching it and scared me so much when I was a kid when we first watched this. We rented it from the movie theater. We thought, curse, curse of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. You know, scary mm-hmm. was uh, when he puts Jamie, adult Jamie, on. I think it's a thresher, maybe a combine. I don't know farm equipment. Kills her that way. Mm. That was so. Anyway, that was the first one I saw. But then the next one I saw was H two O. Okay. But think about it, like it, it was two years after Scream. Like at the same time as like the faculty. I mean, like this was like peak ninety slasher time. So of course I watched it. And then I went out after that and watched Halloween. And even then I was like, because this would have been when I was like in high school at some point watching this movie for the first time, renting it, probably watching with girlfriends, sleepovers, blah, blah, blah. Like, and we, again, I've talked about it. Like we would rent horror movies, especially slashers all the time. And I remember this one, even then being like, because we'd, we'd watch all these old slash like Friday Thirteenths and like all these, and a lot of the old, like um, Sleepaway Camp and stuff. They're not scary. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're just they're fun. And I like I said, it's my favorite genre. I right. love slasher movies. Most of them are very scary, especially sequels. A lot of the sequels are not scary because they start getting into like humor and 
trying to top the kills in terms of gore factor. But no, I remember this one made me like tense and jumpy and stuff. Like this is like I remember it as being my first watch of being like this is a slasher that holds up in terms of scare when I remember watching it for the first time being like, this was actually pretty freaky. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, and you, for me, it's, it, this is more of a, it's a, a culturally relevant film. I knew of Halloween, the franchise, Michael Myers, the character. I remember seeing ads for trailers for movies for years but I don't think I watched a film in the franchise until you made me watch this movie when we started to date. What? Yeah. And really, like I have seen more movies in the franchise since. Well, I made you go to see Halloween in theaters. When yeah, the, the, the 2018 one. one. But I wanted to see that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So how many make did you make me watch? <laughs> Have you seen H2O? I yes, you've definitely okay. made me watch H2O. Okay. But that's that was after C- this though. And so, you you I made you watch Season of the Witch too. I wanted to watch Season of the Witch because I wait, yeah, that's the third one, right? Yes. Yeah. That's the one I wanted to watch because I've I've seen weird shit about it. Yeah, it's, it's such a weird movie. Eh? It's a very weird movie and I was very excited to watch it because I've heard of how weird it is. But that was that was it. Like I had never seen the franchise until you started, we started dating again. It was a, it was a thing I knew about, but never really paid attention to. Fair. Yeah. It's very interesting because I feel like I've seen this movie twice and this is the second time. And the context of the movie changed, Mm -hmm. which I guess we'll get into that Mm -hmm. later when we're talking about the actual movie, but it's very interesting because the, the, the way the that I viewed the movie then versus how I mo- viewed the movie now has changed because of world context since the the movie has why we watched the movie. But interesting, I, I say world context, but because you're probably like, what happened in the world that changed? But it, it's it's more franchise context. Than oh, anything. okay, okay, yeah. So, but we'll get into it. But otherwise, yeah, I watched this movie for the first time a few years ago when we started dating, and then I watched it again the other night. And that's that's it. That's my history with this film. Interesting. Interesting. So shall we get into it? Yes, let's let's get into it. And we could where what better place to start off than with the main theme, oh which is the beginning of this movie. So good. And it's it is it's it is an iconic theme. Like it, it's I knew the theme without needing to see the movies. I knew the, the Halloween theme. Like and it's how many movies out there? Is your writer, director also your composer? Yeah. Unless it's other John Carpenter movies. This is true. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not fair. It's so talented. Triple, triple threat for sure. Like the theme for this, like the opening, it is so automatically creepy. Yeah. Like it's just. I mean, I find that there are other renditions of the theme that I've been, I like better, but I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. Like John Carpenter made the original theme. He wrote it. Those versions that I like better are based off of this theme. Some of those versions are done by John Carpenter yeah. himself. Uh, obviously, well, you know, with some of the more modern he takes with on his it, son on a lot of stuff. Now the version I really liked was 
the funnily enough the rob zombie version oh really yeah well i remember i guess this is a memory you can throw out there but i remember when I, i used to work at the radio station we were doing a halloween show and they said coming back from break instead of using the music we usually use can you find halloween music and I remember that I'd heard this version. It's, I believe it's Tyler Bate who did the soundtrack for 300 as well, who does the version, the, the, the Rob Zombie version. And I remember this was the, his was the version that I found for the Halloween theme. And the host had never heard it before. And they were like, what, what's this? what is this? What is this? Because they were expecting, like they, they knew immediately that it was the Halloween theme, but it was, the, it was different and spookier. And they were like, mm-hmm. whoa, this is crazy. Anyway, yeah, iconic theme. I know the theme even better because of the fact that we own this soundtrack on vinyl. Yeah, it's awesome. And you throw it on all the time. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a great soundtrack. And the more I was watching the movie, the more it sort of dawned on me that there's like three songs in this in this movie and they just keep playing. No. It feels like it. There's there's the Okay, but no. Okay, let, Don't, no. no, 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 no. Let's let's rewind here. Okay. Yes, they are songs, but it is a score. Yes, it is a score. And I don't know if you noticed, but when we were watching Star Wars, it's basically the same song just over and over again, but like variables on it. It's literally the same thing because it is a score. Okay. Differences. (laughs) Differences. The movie we just did, Empire Strikes Back. The Hoth music plays hoth it is not played again throughout the movie the asteroid theme plays at one point in the movie it does not play again perhaps perhaps the darth vader dun 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 dun, dun. that might play more than once in the film but most the star the- wars themey theme, theme yes though it's plays- repeated throughout but like which one which theme oh i can't do it you can't do it but you know what I'm saying? But it's a score. It does it. So there are various. So it's like sped up, slowed down, bits added, bit remixed, blah, blah, blah. That's how scores work. This movie has like three songs in no, it. No, it doesn't. Sorry, four songs. Okay. So tomorrow. These are the four songs. No, you are. You're going to play that soundtrack to me. The four songs are the theme, slow piano, ding, 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 ding. And dun 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 dun, and that's it. That's all the music in this movie is variations on those four songs. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm just saying I really noticed it this time. (laughs) So now you're gonna make us listen to the soundtrack all day tomorrow. That's all you would have done anyway. (laughs) I'm shocked you didn't play it every minute since we watched the movie. You know this stuff. You're going to, trust me, hon, we're going to be listening. And every time I'm going to turn to you and go, dung, 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 every time it happens. And dun, 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 every time it happens. And then the Halloween theme. It's just over. Uh, I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just over and over and over but again. A the lot four of themes. I noticed that in a lot of soundtracks. What other movie plays Star only Wars? A, so anyway, I've heard more Star Wars soundtracks than you have. I would say, especially the first movie. You can give me that look all you want. You know it's true. Nah, not to this degree. 
So anyway, uh huh. The opening. <laughs> we get We're our- only at the opening, by the way. <laughs> we haven't even finished the credits. <laughs> we see the point of view shot from Michael's point of view as a six-year-old boy. Uh-huh. When he kills his sister Judith. Yes. And that's one thing when we started watching it, I was like, oh right, I forgot about that. Did you forget about the titties? No, I knew that. Oh, okay. Um, or, or the kid, you th- you just forgot about the kid murdering part. No! Would you just Okay, sorry, me? sorry, go ahead. Was it the fact how, that the guy how? has the quickest sex in the universe? Because I wrote that down. How could I have possibly forgotten that six-year-old Michael is the killer at the start of the movie? No, but the, the, the depiction of it. I don't know. No. Okay. One of the things in this movie, and then it reminded me when i saw it when judith died the death faces are all bad uh-huh. they're all like what do they call it the the anime sex faces where their eyes go slightly crossed they're like that like a uh, face oh faces no the akagaro whatever it's like the thing that Belle Delphine chick does. She like crosses her eyes and like sticks out her tongue and it's like an anime face. It's like a sexy anime face. But imagine that, but like they're dying instead of sexing. Yeah, there are some bad deaths. Yeah, the death the death faces are bad. When Anne Annie, when she gets choked out and then her throat slid, she like goes cross-eyed and goes like Mm. <laughs> well, when they see when you out. see the other friend in the uh the closet as she's cross-eyed dead in the closet yeah it's like these dead faces are not great no no so that was one i was like oh right i once we saw you and like judah's whole death of just like michael ah 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 ah, ah. And i was like <laughs> Your six-year-old brother is literally stabbing you with a giant butcher knife. And you think your reaction would be more like, oh, Michael, stop it. Ah." Ah. You'd be like, what the fuck? And then booting that kid. Because really, like. You you should be able to overpower a six-year-old. Yeah. Like one quick kick to the chest and that kid would be on his ass. Like, let's be real. Unless he, he didn't get a killing blow in the first time. So anyway, I I do enjoy that Dr. Loomis goes on like quite the story, which is a great scene in the film where he's describing meeting Michael, the six year old soulless killer with the eyes of the devil. Yeah. And then at the beginning of the movie, they take that mask off and he's just like confused. Yeah. The kid is just like, I mean, child actors are hard. I know. I know. But like he doesn't he looks he doesn't even look mad. He's just like, what? He looks flabbergasted. He looks like he walked into the wrong birthday party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like he was there to like. Yeah. He's like, no one else is wearing a costume. Why is no one else wearing a costume? Yeah. That's how he looks. He, he's he's legally blonde. <laughs> yeah. legally blonde so, but this time it is Halloween. <laughs> it is Halloween. Yes. Then we fast forward and we meet Dr. Loomis and he's driving to the mental institution yeah, with a nurse. With the nurse. They kind of do this again late in, in the new movie, the, not the newest, newest movie, but the 2018 movie where the patients are all wandering around in the dark and the rain. Yeah. But in this shot, it's much creepier because you only see like four or five of them. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, they're like 20 feet away and it's like 
rainy and dark and you kind of only see the silhouettes and i'm like that's creepy because you know that these are patients in like dangerous mental patients mm-hmm. just wandering around in the dark and the rain and the nurse is like do they let them wander around like that not in the dark and the rain yeah why would they do that it's not if it was like saturday afternoon with guards and it was sunny okay yeah let's let them out on the day before halloween in the rain at night makes sense. It seems irresponsible. Yeah. But then we see Michael climb up over the car, which yes. is freaky. Mm-hmm. Like that whole scene is honestly pretty freaky. And then Michael like grabs her through the window and like smash. And she wisely is like, I'm getting the hell out of here. She GTFOs. Yeah, she just lets him take the car. And this is one thing. That's why I've recently rewatched just about every movie in this series. I haven't rewatched Resurrection and I haven't rewatched three. But otherwise, and the Rob Zombie ones, but everything else I've watched. So two, four, five, six, and H2O. Yeah. But like those I've watched. And in a lot of them, Michael seems to drive. Michael Myers is the killer that drives. No no other slasher drives. Yeah, not like any of the big ones. Yeah, like I remember when we talked about Friday the 13th, I was like, what weird, how weird is it that Mrs. Voorhees was driving when she killed someone? Yeah, Michael- Because no, that doesn't just happen. They just like teleport around and like walk after you. Yeah, and then like he drives away and like even then, uh, but I tweeted after watching, I don't remember which episode or which movie, hmm. but I tweeted, I was like, what? How does he know how to drive? They, they, they like. And this movie, they actually do address. Like, Doctor Lewis do, says yeah. to the the guy in charge of the hot. He's like, "Why? How was he driving? Did someone must have given him lessons?" Yeah, somebody like, straight up is just like, "Someone must have taught him." But that's it. Like that's all. That's well, like Lewis actually better says than no exclama- get, explanation. Like, sarcastically, like someone. But how, he was six when he's gotten locked up, and he's been basically in a catatonic, evil coma. Yeah. The guy hasn't talked. He hasn't talked since he was. Because he's twenty three now. He hasn't. 20, yeah, it's, he hasn't spoken in fifteen years. And like, what? Some random guards is like, maybe I'll teach that kid to drive. Maybe that'll loosen him. No, up. he just somehow knows how to drive, and he's always getting in cars and driving. And yeah. I'm like, driving is not that hard. But like, but if you've never driven before, yeah. And think about it: the car, like as a six year old. Like, it's one thing, like, to have never driven before. I am sure, as someone yourself who does not drive, Mm -hmm. I could put you in our car and you at least could figure out the basics pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. You'd probably be a little jerky on the gas to not know how much pressure to put down on the gas and everything like that. But otherwise, like, it's pretty. This is someone who's not been outside of this mental institution since they were six. What context does he have for a vehicle? Yeah, like he, how does he know how to put it in gear? And that's the other thing. It's 1978. Most of the cars are probably standard. Yeah. How would he know how to drive? He'd have to sh- learn to shift. He learned how to do shift. He just sh- takes off in that car. Maybe. Maybe when he was in the in the mental facility, they had the one of those rooms where they just stick people in where like, you know, you watch TV and like the only show that they ever showed anybody was like Top Gear. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre-Top Gear. I know, but I mean, like, uh, this is pre-original Top Gear. I, but I, but what I mean is, it you know, just top, you know, that kind of a show. Like, it's a car yeah. enthusiast. The only driving thing that was show. ever played was Dragnet. Wait, that he had a car in Dragnet, right? I I'm guess. thinking that's the right age. 
Dragnet. <laughs> I think that's Dragnet was in the seventies, right? I, I, think I it was don't know. 60, oh. It was black and white, wasn't it? Dragnet. Yeah, but then, then we go back to Haddonfield. Yes, and we meet Lori and her friends, mm-hmm. and right away we see Lori's other two friends are like popular. Lori's popular too, but she's like the bookish one. She's the responsible one. Like she's going to babysit. Everyone else is trying to figure out different plans to do on Halloween. Yeah, how can I figure out how to have sex and get drunk? But Lori is single. Lori's she's like, oh, guys don't like me. I'm too smart. Yeah. Like she flat out says She does say that. She's like, yeah, exactly. But then they see the car speed by and her friend Annie shouts after it and the car stops and Mm -hmm. she's like, oh shit. But like, and then you see like, that instantly grabs Michael's attention on these girls and he stalks them down and kills them. Essentially that, there you go. The movie's over. Um, Spoilers. But no, like, but Lori, Lori sees him in the bushes and he's then disappears. I feel like he's seen we around. See him, yeah. See we see him around, around town. Well, he's, he's, well, no, he, she goes to the house and he yes, sees her that at the was house. Freaky. When she, cause her dad's the realtor who's trying to sell the house. Yeah. And so she's driving like the kid she's babysitting, Tommy Doyle, who's Paul Rudd plays him in six. Oh, really? That's, That's who funny. Paul Rudd plays is Tommy Doyle, who's becomes a recluse. So she is like dropping out. Also, as someone who's recently sold a house, lockbox is not a thing in 1978. Yeah, she, she puts the key under, the, under mat. the mat. And Tommy's like, you can't go up there. That's the that's the the boogeyman's house. Yeah. And it's haunted. And she's like, whatever. And that's like as you see as she's walking away from inside the house michael's there watching he's there watching in the house yeah so that that to me was when he started following them and decided yeah this is true them. like but like the cars are like yeah so Lori, Lori instantly grabs his attention okay i think this is a good point to bring this up okay this is the thing i was alluding to earlier how the context has changed in this movie oh yes so the first time i saw this movie i knew about halloween 2 and i knew that Lori was his sister And that, so that explains away why he is after her is because Mm -hmm. she's his sister Mm -hmm. and he's out to kill his sister and his, you know, I guess he's out to finish what he started with his first sister or whatever Mm -hmm. and kills her to kill. He goes to kill her and he kills her, all her friends. Then since I've watched this movie originally, the 2018 Halloween has come out and they've erased that connection. She's not his sister anymore. She's just somebody that he was after. That makes this film way scarier. Yes. That he's just after whoever was there. Mm-hmm. He, she caught his attention. She yeah. saw, he saw her and he was like, I should kill her. It takes it from being like, oh, I'm out for my, my mission to kill my sisters to, no, it's just, I saw you, I want to kill you. That's, that's way scarier. It's way scarier. Well, and that's the other thing, like, not to get too serious, but, like, you see in town, like, inner city, like, anywhere, you'll see something that's like, oh, there was a shooting. Like, thankfully, we're very lucky to live in Canada, and yeah. the shootings are not common. But you see that there's a shooting, and instantly you're like, is it gang? Like, it was gang violence, right? Like, it was, it yeah. was like a mafia hit. Like, it was like a no, like, you want to know it was like a known, like, the the person you shot the other person, they know each other mm-hmm. or is a drug deal gone bad or whatever, because that is reassuring as someone who is 
not in a gang. It's not part of the mafia. Doesn't go buy drugs. I have nothing to worry about. But when it's just a random shooting, yeah. that's terrifying. Well, that's like that movie, The Strangers, right? Like the it's only, like because you were home. You were home. That's the only reason that's they what went makes it after scary. you. Yeah. And so you're right. Like everyone does it. When you hear about some sort, like a murder, you are constantly looking for, oh, they knew their, their killer. And most people who are murdered do know their killer. Random acts of murder and violence are much more rare, but they do happen. But they are scarier because, you know, you tell yourself, like, no one in my, even though, like, normally it's domestic violence and stuff, but you tell yourself, like, normally, no one in my life would do that. So I have nothing to worry about. Because if you were just living this, like, hey, 50%, it's not, this is not true, but like 50% of all murders are anonymous crimes. And you don't know the person. That's way scarier. Yeah. Because like, because it is true. You could just be walking down the street and like it could happen, but like you cannot live your life as a sane person and have that hanging over you. That like, you have to basically rationalize that nothing bad will happen to you if you leave your house because otherwise you'd never leave your house. Yeah. So this being just a, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time and Michael Myers spotted her and wanted to kill her yeah. is much scarier. Now that said, Halloween 1 to H2O does continue that Michael Myers is her, her brother. Yeah. Halloween, Halloween 2018 it's not her brother. Yes. One thing I really like about H2O, again, so in this movie, we find out, like, we we see Lori is the smart girl. Lori has aspirations for school. Lori is a very intelligent young woman. And she is, again, this is before final girls were a thing. Like, she's like the OG final girl. Because mm-hmm. she fights back against Michael. So, because there's psycho Black Christmas this when it comes to sl- slashers. And then you start getting the imitators, like, Friday the 13th, et cetera, et cetera. And getting more final girls from there. But Lori isn't the final girl in that, like, she's not like Sydney Prescott, who's got attitude, like, good attitude, you know? Like, she's not like, you know, she's not, at the end of the movie, I'll jump ahead. She's like crying and freaking out and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The one, I like that in 2018, they're not siblings anymore. Yeah. But I like in H2O that, Lori is trying to live a normal life with PTSD. Mm-hmm. So she she's chosen a career path that seems very logical for this Lori. She's the dean of students at a prestigious school, so she's an educator. Yeah. It's established in that movie that like she's gone through a bad relationship, makes sense, PTSD, had a kid, has a drinking problem, has PTSD. Basically, she is She's a functioning alcoholic, like, but she's not gone like full on survivalist in the woods. So, like, I feel like that's a more logical step for Lori going forward in H2O. But I don't like that they kept the, their siblings because there's really no need for it. Yeah. You know? So, anyway. We get lots of shots of Michael around town. Yes. And he's watching. But the scariest one has got to be when she's in her house and she looks outside. She's in her bedroom and she looks outside and he's just in the laundry and the sheets are flowing. He's just standing there. Yeah. That's a scary shot. 
Like that's freak. And like, again, it's the middle of the day. So many of these movies, you don't see the killer like in the middle of the day. Yeah. Well, there's some interesting stuff that they do. Like obviously there's this stuff like him standing in the wash that's spooky and him standing in the sidewalk that's spooky. But there's stuff like with the car, which is like incredibly subtle. Yeah, when where, he drives behind Loomis when they're at the the, the robbery. Yeah, he drives oh. behind Loomis. And there's also when the girls are driving, he's behind them. Yeah. And they don't emphasize that he's pulled up behind them at all. Like nope. they emphasize that he stops. But like there's a good like 30 seconds to a minute where he's just there. Yep. And they don't acknowledge it at all. It, yeah. He just pulls up behind them and is chasing them. Yep. Because like, unless you knew someone was following you, why would you have any indication for like you're just out for a drive? I do like so. Luma shows up. There's been a robbery at a hardware store. Yeah. He's like, "What's happening?" And he's like, "Oh, well, they took masks, rope, knives, probably just, just some kids." Yeah, just fooling around stuff. I'm like, that is a rape kit, sir. <laughs> like, <laughs> or a murder kit. Well, either way, but like that—that that is that's a rapist toolkit right there, like right off the like. There and it was it, the seventies. I don't know, but no, it still happens. I where know, thankfully, I know. thankfully now you hear more stories of like they pulled over this guy and they looked in the trunk and there was gloves and duct tape and rope and knives and they were like, right to, straight to jail. Yeah, like straight. The, something's wrong. Something's not. But right. it still happens where they're like, heck, Ted Bundy got pulled over this kind of crap and they let him go. Like, but like there, there are times. Where the the cops have literally been like, so what's with the rope and knives and shovels and stuff? Uh, Halloween prank? On your way. Yeah. You're a nice white dude. On your way. <laughs> it happens. I know. I and understand. I'm like, but this is not a kid's prank. Yeah. Anyway, but at least it explains where Michael got the mask. The mask, and yeah, because and and then there, it was funny because I forgot, I forgot where he got the mask, and I forgot where he got the overalls. Yeah. Because he's wearing them when you first see him. And then you find later when Loomis finds the mechanic's dead body. Well, he doesn't find the mechanic's body, but he finds the truck. Yeah. And then the mechanic's body is not too far away. Yeah. 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 And uh, I like that there are so many of these movies. Because Loomis is in five of these movies. He is in one, two, four, five, six. Yeah. Every one of these movies, the police never want to believe him. Like, it's like, look, he's been warning you about this guy for five movies. Yeah. Would you maybe just believe him that something's going poorly? What about the fact that Loomis straight up tells the chief or the sheriff or whatever he is to not inform the public that there is a murderer around? Yeah, that's bad. I mean, on one hand, Again, it's the 70s. I get why he's like, we don't want to in, in cause a panic, a panic, but it's like, but we also don't want him to murder a whole bunch of people. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's kids running around on the street. It's Halloween. Don't tell anyone that the one of the people walking around on the street might possibly murder them. To be fair, though, as we've learned lately, he could have like been screaming from the rooftops, like, "Look, if you guys go out on Halloween, there's a chance you could die." Look at the pandemic. Yeah, don't go out for Halloween. There's a chance you get COVID and die. People went anyway. Yeah, well, people are dumber now. People are dumber now. They're a different kind of dumb. This is like an innocence dumb. Now it's like willfully stupid I, I would like to think that context is key in, no. in this, I mean I know people are dumb too but like if somebody 
you, you all these people are who would, went out for Halloween, even though COVID's happening for them. It's like, ah, I'll never get COVID. But like, there's a difference between, oh, I, I see COVID over there. That could be COVID coming to kill me with a knife. <laughs> you know, like it's you look outside and there's if you're warned that anybody outside could be the dude with a the knife, then you would stay away from other people you would think right yeah you would think i have no faith anymore people yeah i suppose but one thing i forgot was so the sheriff and loomis go to my the meyer's house yeah to see if they're and like they do find evidence that he's been there and one of the things is like is that it's a dog he ate a dog he ate a dog like he was he must have gotten hungry it's like holy crap you could tell he's actually really evil. He didn't just steal some beans. And he he dog, ate a dog. He ate a dog. Yeah. And then he kills another dog later. Yeah. But that dog was more like, this dog's going to like give me away. But no, he just I don't know. He, was, ate a dog. he didn't show up for a while after that. Maybe he ate that dog too. Yeah, maybe he needed a snack. <laughs> maybe. Mur- he lugged Judith's gravestone up a flight of stairs. Yeah. I and post all these bodies. That's hard work. Yeah, you, you, you owe yourself He's a dog. Probably hungry. <laughs> Just to have a dog or two. Like, what? But yeah, when they're in the house and the window breaks, I definitely jumped. Oh yeah, yeah. I got spook. My my big spook was when he jumped in the car. Yeah, that was freaky. That right? was my jump. Yeah, I jumped then, but like I jump in the window. There's a few moments in this movie I jumped. It is very tense. A lot of slashers aren't that tense. This is tense. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens at the house. I, For some reason, I remember them doing more at the house, like the movie maybe ending at the house, like the fight happened at the house. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's what happens in the Rob Zombie one. That is the Rob Zombie one, yeah. But like, <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm Sheriff, you go look for him. I'll stay here because he might come back. Well, I'm here. I'm gonna fuck with some kids. <laughs> like he does, yeah. He, he he's like, ah. he doesn't warn these kids there might be a murderer in the house. He's just like, hey, Billy, get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And but this also leads to th- this was something that I wrote down. I could because I when it happened, I was like, wait, what? So Loomis is standing outside of the house for hours. Yeah, for literally hours. That's a stakeout, baby. At one point near the end of the movie, he turns around and sees Michael's car is parked behind him. Has he just been standing there staring at the house? No. For hours. No. Where he didn't see, like, I, I, I get this. This is one of those things where it's like, let's nitpick about this one thing in the movie. But. Are you telling me that a guy standing stakeout for hours didn't turn around at any point? No, he's like because they're the looking around the neighborhood too, right? Like he's like you go around the back. And- well, no, he says that later after he sees the car. He's the sheriff finds oh, him and he right, tells right. people to go in the car. He's literally like he's in the same bush that he yelled at the kids from. Let's say it's not hours. Let's say it's like twenty minutes because the sun just he's not there for hours. The kids, the 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 movies. They talk about the kids are watching movies. They said it's six hours worth of movies. Yeah. They're watching multiple movies. They're on like a second or third movie by the time the movie ends. So at least, at least 
four hours has gone by no, over the course of the no movie. There's no way kids aren't trick or treating that long. But yeah, no, kids aren't trick or treating that long. The kids are trick. When was the last time you see kids trick or treating? Yeah, sure. A lot of time passes in this movie. They watch two movies in the span of they get to the house till Loomis sees the car. Well, that's not probably not the start. It it might not be like two. It might be like they were finishing up one movie and into the second. They finish. Okay, they finish a movie. I'm just trying to help. I know, I know, but they finish a movie. They start watching the thing. Because the opening credits of the thing happens, and then they watch another movie after the thing. Like, the movie they're watching later isn't the thing. They're watching something else. I've seen that thing. It's not the thing. I like the, like, the thing, the thing, the thing. I've seen the thing. It's not the thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, I believe the full movie's title is The Thing from Another World. Yeah. But, like... They're they're clearly watching a third movie at some point. A lot of time has passed, okay, okay. and Loomis is just hanging out front, well, not looking the behind car, him. Maybe the car pulled up when he was like, it wasn't there the whole time. The car's pulled up. Like, no, the he pulls up. They show him pull I up know, to the house. I'm trying. You're, You're, <sighs> I again, I know it's a, it's a scene to be really nitpicky about, but it's just like. You didn't turn around <laughs> like once in several hours. Okay, so. You know what? Some people in this movie make bad decisions, like how terrible most of the babysitters are. True. Like, okay, but I'll go, and it was 1978. What were the parents doing? Party. What party? Like, it, okay, like I wrote this down too. Where were they going? Okay, the, one, the kids thought that they could just like the the teenagers thought that they could just hang out, get stoned, get drunk, bang in the parents' bed, and then leave before the parents got back. Okay, so. One element of traditional Halloween themed movies is the parents all going to their own party because that's just, you have to get rid of the parents. Yes. So the parents have like hocus pocus. Not only do the parents have their own party, but the parents are then cursed to dance till dawn. So they can't stop. So they can't leave. So basically the parents then can't interfere with the plot of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if they did, it would like, if all of a sudden the parents start coming home, be like, oh crap, there's dead kids in our bed. Like, it would really change the course of the movie. So, essentially. What a surprise for that family, right? Oh. (laughs) Well, and remember, the sheriff is Annie's dad. Yeah. In the second one, he's just like, I'm not helping with this anymore because it's like, Michael's still on the loose. Like, I understand, like, your daughter's dead. That sucks. But, like, don't you want to catch this guy who did it? You would think, especially if you were like the the sheriff, right? Yeah, no, but he kind of just pieces. But anyway, it's now Michael has killed all the other babysitters and yeah. boyfriends. Not that there's actually not that many deaths. It's not a big body count, no. No, but again, this is pretty pretty early slasher, and yeah. it's not like it's a sequel trying to up the count and up the gore. Like the kills are pretty tame. Yeah. So at this point, Lori's got two kids because Annie's dumped them with. Like her, the kid she's supposed to be babysitting after dumping butter on herself and like getting stuck in a window. How did she dump butter on herself? I don't know. Like she's just, she's useless. Yeah. She's funny, but she's useless. So anyway, Lori's now watching two kids and knitting, which actually comes into play later. But that's the thing. So Lori realizes something's up. Like she gets this phone call and she's like, she thinks it's just another prank call. Something's up. And she looks across the street from where Andy's supposed to be babysitting and where the Lindsay, the kid she's now babysitting as well as Tommy, she's like, something, something's not right. Something kooky. 
something's bad. And like, she goes over to like, find out if Annie's okay. And then she finds all her friends are dead. And we see all the hilarious death faces, yes. which are terrible. And the, the hanging. I got to say the hanging body. The guy the- who jumps, flops down. That's That's been replicated so many times. It's so, heck, they, they show it in Scream. Like yeah. that clip in Scream. Because they're watching Halloween at Stu's party. Yeah. Because, well, Scream references this movie so much. Yeah. I'll be right back is yeah. in this movie. Yeah. So, and Lori goes running back as she, well, Michael's there and she barely gets away. That scene when she's like standing there, like kind of like having a moment. Yeah. And you see in the dark doorway, just the white mask slowly materialize that's a freaky shot Mm. anyway and so she runs back to the house where she's babysitting and she's lost her keys and she's like throwing because like the kids she falls like off of a she falls down a flight of stairs yeah that was she doesn't just fall down a flight of stairs she falls over over the railing and flight down the flight of stairs like i slipped on like the last like the third from the bottom step of the stairs in our new house when we first moved in. And I was wrecked for like a month. Yeah, Michael Myers I hit my killed ass and it immediately bruised. Like my entire butt was just purple. Yeah. And that was from a slip. Yeah, she falls over the railing and down the stairs. She's like 17 though. When I was 17, like I probably could have walked away from that too. <laughs> like you're so like- spry at 17 and i'm not she sort of limps away she limps, but she gets away like i feel like if that happened to me today i would have been like well guess i had a good run hello darkness my old friend (laughs) and this is when it goes into like the final girl chase like she gets she gets into the house locks the door and realizes the window is wide open yeah and like that's scary. Mm-hmm. She could have gotten in the window herself. But, it's true. She could have gotten in the window, yeah. But like realizing that do none of these people have screens in their windows? Do none of these people have cats? It's the 70s. People probably didn't care. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. People didn't care a lot of stuff. A lot more people got murdered per capita in the 70s than they do now. Anyway. It was easier to break into homes, obviously. Yeah, they don't have any screens. People just... I mean, technically, he had a really big knife. He just got to cut the screen. He's got bad. Mind you, he is wearing that mask. You can probably not see very well. Yeah. Maybe he walked into it and then he's like, oh, shit. Well, because he cut goes to up. stab her because he misses the first time and catches her sleeve. Yeah. And then he he's actually he's in the house and she's trying to hide behind the couch. And he and stabs the couch. He stabs the key, misses her again. And she grabs the knitting needle and stabs him in the neck. And then immediately she's like, okay. I've done it. The danger has passed. It's <laughs> the like, day is one. My, she doesn't know what she's up against. True. Michael's obviously not dead. And she goes upstairs to the children and she's like, everything's fine. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's not fine. He just walks up the stairs behind her. Yep. And that's when and they're like, oh, what was that? She's like, no, it's okay. And then he's there and they're screaming and she's like, oh, hi, blah, blah. And locks the door. And she hides in the closet and get the iconic scene where he's like breaking, breaking through, the, through closet the door and, and she's screaming in the closet. They're rattling. Like the things are rattling and blah, blah, blah. He's got, he's left knives all over the house too, because I don't know if you realize there's a knife. He drops the knife when she stabs him with a knitting needle 
and she yeah she takes the knife she but it's still but there she, in the closing shot is it yeah interesting okay but then he drops the knife uh, i guess a different knife in the closet when she stabs him with a coat hanger in the eyeball yeah cause she gets that knife and stabs him in the guts and she stabs him and then he does he's like just lay on the floor she's like telling you know, the kids like run down to the mckenzie's which yeah. is again a line quoted in squeam 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 scream run down to the mckenzie's and he does that iconic undertaker sits Sit up, up. Yep. yeah we i had a chuckle with you and you're like undertaker didn't do it first it was michael it was michael all along undertaker stole it from him mm-hmm. who do you think would win michael myers or the undertaker depends on the michael myers Depending on the movie, he's like a ghost, <laughs> you know, like he's like a zombie killer. But I guess The Undertaker's a zombie, too. Yeah, the mm. dead man. Depends on the version. American Badass Taker, you get the shit kicked out of him. Which, who is? Undertaker, like American Badass with the shit kicked out of him? Yeah, because he'd just be, like, he'd be like, I'll fight you. And then, you know, he gets stabbed and then he'd die because the dude stabbed him. Yeah, it's hard zombie to Zombie Undertaker would come back from that. You think? I think, because he's a zombie. True. Call. It's a tough call. Open it up to our Twitter followers. <laughs> yeah. Who would win in a fight? Michael Myers or The Undertaker? It's a good question. It's true. Anyway, Michael Myers is clever. Obviously, he set up this whole tableau and like he he taught himself how to drive. Apparently. Like he is well, for a catatonic super killer. He's also quite smart. <laughs> but yeah, and then he sits up and st- Dabs Lori again, and thankfully this time Loomis has seen the kids running out of the house screaming and runs into the house and shoots Michael and shoots him and shoots him until he falls off the balcony. And again, it's not like the end of like in Scream where you know Sydney shoots billy in the head and she's like not in my movie and like you know she's like the badass fight it's not like you know friday 13th she chops mrs vory's head off with a machete like laurie is literally on the floor crumbling as a person like she's the og final girl she's not having a good time no michael almost gets her if it wasn't for loomis yeah yeah so it's not like she had like a deliberate plan to outsmart him or anything like that not like she does in the future movies but like yeah, so it is a much more realistic, I would say, portrayal of a poor 17-year-old girl put in this situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we look out and Michael is not there He's anymore. Gone. And we got like this cliffhanger ending. And originally they weren't planning on doing a Yeah, sequel they were just either. gonna end it. Yeah. That was that. Because they wanted to do they wanted to do a different movie. They wanted to do an anthology series, and each movie was going to be its own story. And then the movie studio came to them and was like, well, people like that one so much and you left it on a cliffhanger, you got to end it. So yep. then they went back and they did it. And then that set up the fail, the failure, I guess, of the third one. At the one. time. But now people, it's, it's people kind appreciate of loved it now, yeah. now for what it is. But at the time, people were like, what the hell? There's no Michael Myers in this movie. And that was because they went back to their original idea of the anthology series. And then Halloween 4 was going to be something else entirely different. And then people were like, no, we got to make Michael Myers again because people didn't like what you did last time. Yeah. Michael. Michael Myers. Yeah. So... So there you go. That's that's the the movie. If I don't remember, how do they explain 
that in the 2018 one because he disappears right and then he's been captured i don't remember them being right like, he just gets captured yeah i don't remember them being like oh he, they caught him like two days later or something maybe yeah. like, i mean he did it's not like he was wearing kevlar yeah he did get shot a bunch he got uh, stabbed in the neck like he's slowed down so he they would have caught up to him i'm sure is what they're really what the end of end all is that yeah 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 i'm gonna say caught up to him again like i really enjoyed 2018 don't get me wrong it's a fun movie. I, I thought it was really well done. But like there's no slasher movie out there that is truly perfect in its explanation of how things happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are not as good as they can be. Like this movie, spoiler alert, I loved. Doesn't mean there aren't issues. There could be a moment in the movie where a character refuses to turn around for several hours and see an important piece of evidence. <laughs> could be. Don't know what movie that could be in, but yeah. it could be in a movie. So anyway. Anyway. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. That's that's what we thought of this movie. They're not like, you know, that is how we looked at the film. The critics in 1978 had their own thoughts on this movie. Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? So this movie, can you guess what it has in a rot- on Rotten Tomatoes for critical? 60? 96. Really? Wow. I was not expecting it. I mean, horror movies tend to not have Until high they're old scores. enough to be classics. I guess so. I mean, I guess so many, like, how many of those are post? Holy crap. Was it hard to find reviews like original, original from reviews? the time? Because yeah. most of the reviews are newer, especially with the newer movie. The ones I found were thankfully... Because newspapers were essentially like, you like the 2018 version? Here's our original review from 78. Yeah. Like, well, otherwise, yeah. Uh, it has an 89% audience score. Hmm. So, Ron Pennington of The Hollywood Reporter said, Carpenter obviously knows the genre well, and he builds a properly terrifying atmosphere through his well-paced direction. It's an effective entry for its intended market. Gary Arnold of the Washington Post says, since there is precious little character plot development to pass the time between stalking sequences, one tends to wish the killer would get on with it. <laughs> now, our boy Ebert always, he's, he's reviewed, until he died, yes. reviewed everything. Mm-hmm. It does make it a very good, like, baseline. Yeah. Halloween is an absolutely merciless thriller, a movie so violent and scary that, yes, I would compare it to Psycho. Oh. And he gave it a four out of four. Wow. He really liked it. He did. Mm -hmm. At the time, it was nominated for one award, the Saturn for Best Horror Movie, and it lost to the OG Wicker Man. Oh, really? Okay. Well, there you go. That's it? That's the only award? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, fancy fun. It, it did well at some film festivals. Yeah. But like for actual like award movie awards, that's the only thing. It, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, now we reach the time that Laura has already told us what she thought of this movie. <laughs> I loved it. I It held up for me. It was still, like I said, it was still tense. It made me jump a few times. Like there's some great spooky shots. And like I said, when she's in the doorway and he just kind of materializes, like that shit's scary. Mm-hmm. Like. Again, like you're right. The fact that like if we do at the 2018 timeline where he just 
she was in the wrong spot at the wrong time and he was like i should kill her that's scary Mm -hmm. so yeah i give this a double it is a scary movie it is it's not so scary that i'd be like oh if you can't handle a scary movie then don't watch this but if you are looking for something creepy and ominous but not like balls to the wall scary the whole time but you want like a little spook a little spook mm-hmm. this is perfect it's great i loved it that's good that's good as for me i am gonna give this a double one yay i actually was gonna give it a plane no and then i thought more about it and it's kind of funny because like i i, default, I go, default. no no going <laughs> going into it going into it my thought was like I remember this being a, a plane, you know, like I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I've only ever seen it the one time. And I would say that in this movie's favor, I've watched two movies that have changed my opinion on this film based on, you know, the context. One of those ones, which we already talked about was Halloween 2018, which when watching it before it was, Oh, he's after his sister when watching it now. Oh, it's just a random person, which makes it way scarier. The other movie was Friday the 13th, part one, which we recently watched. Both of those movies, this movie and that movie, they are older movies. They have moments that are slower. This movie has moments that are slower, but unlike Friday the 13th, where those moments that are slow are so slow that you wish you were watching something else. The slow moments in this movie do nothing but add suspense. Mm-hmm. I the, agree. The the moments of characters, you know, getting a beer from the kitchen are there because this is the moment the killer strikes, you know, and you know that the killer is about to strike. And it's suspenseful because you're waiting for the killer to strike. Friday the 13th, somebody makes coffee for five minutes. There's no suspense in those moments whatsoever. So I feel like looking at it more critically, had we not just watched that movie, I might have found these moments, these slower moments more boring. But because of that context of like, no, this is boring. (laughs) this was oh this is building suspense there is a purpose to these slow moments and and i felt that that raised the the my opinion of the film higher than i thought i was going to give it so double better for me oh wow i appreciate that yeah Yeah. i'm happy i'm glad you had fun yeah because spooktober spooktober what was the moment in the movie where you were being silly and then i made you jump Oh, I don't remember where we were in the movie. Yeah. It was during one of those lull, lull moments. During one of those like lull moments, yeah. And you leaned over to me and you were being like, ooh, spooky. And then I went, bah! And you were like, oh, God. <laughs> I jumped super easy, though. Yeah, it was so. good. I almost did it to you again no! later. <laughs> I changed my mind. Remember yeah. when we went to see Mama? Oh, my God. And then you scared the shit out of me? That was the best ever. I and didn't then even you remember do... when we ran out of the corner because we were outside in public and there was just two cops there. There were two cops there. And they did not give a shit. They didn't even notice that someone was screaming, screaming like a five feet away. Bloody murder around the corner. They did not care. Yep. I was like, wow, I feel safe in my city. Yep. 
because I screamed. <laughs> and all I did was go, blah. <laughs> you tur- I came around a corner. You came and around you- a corner and I went, blah. <laughs> and you like, waved your arms and you were wearing all black. And it was scary. It was the best. And the best, too, was you were walking around the corner and you're like, Mike's about to scare me. Yeah. And then I did. Uh, yeah. Good times. Good times. Uh. Anyway, that's what we thought of this movie. As for next week, we are going to close the trilogy out with the final original Star Wars movie, Return of the Jedi. We're going away from spooky town. I mean, there's a monster in it at one point and ghosts. There's ghosts in the movie. They're not spooky I can't ghosts. Like you took over, like you usurped Spooky Mountain. With <laughs> it Star just, Wars. it just so happened. It just so happened that you could have picked so many spooky movies. I could have, but guess what? I picked three Star Wars movies. <laughs> poor, poor Laura. Anyway, Very look true. forward, look forward to that movie next week for this week's episode. I am Ben Mike. I'm Laura, and, and we'll, I like spooky stuff. And we'll talk to you guys again. Assume.